The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. And on the panel, Anthony Fury, former Post Media columnist and mayoral candidate, principal at BroadwayStrategy.com and the man behind Touchdowns and Fumbles, Bob Reed, is joining me as well. So um, let's talk about that for just a moment, this issue that's been going on through the course of the morning that Deb will uh, take up. But Anthony Fury, how do you feel about um, the idea of price controls at the grocery store? Certainly as uh, as a consumer, a father, uh, you got to be concerned about grocery prices. I, I thought you were going to say the male friendship issue. No, the oh. grocery price issue. Sure, I'm concerned about it. Everybody's concerned about it. People who were shopping at Loblaws now shopping at No Frills. People are really frustrated to see these prices go up in different categories. Everyone's talking about how the yogurt used to be this price. Now it's that price. At the same time, I don't think a government intervention is going to make things better. I think that's just going to distort the market even further. We need more competition. People were really frustrated to read about the Loblaws bread price yeah, yeah, scandal yeah. the other year. No way. I don't want the government dealing with this. I want some market solutions here. Yeah, I find it, Bob Reed, very difficult to uh, support the grocery stores because of the bread fixing, and there was another price fixing uh, scandal as well. And the fact that there, it's not just profits are up, profit margins are up, but at the same time, I'm skittish on the government weighing in on pricing. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm with you on that. I'm. I'm a free marketer at heart. Uh, I think any time government gets into the business of managing the price of of commodities, goods, what have you, it, it generally doesn't end well. Uh, now that said, there are legitimate concerns being expressed here, and uh, maybe the the answer is not uh, government getting into establishing what the prices should be, but maybe a, a, a tight, tighter degree of oversight required on the major grocery companies because they do provide absolutely essential product for human survival. So given that, uh, maybe the, the answer lies in requiring them to open their books more fully, more often uh, to, uh, to auditors to, uh, so that we're not just taking them at their word that, look, we're, we're doing the best we can on pricing. Because the, the lack of price competition between the major players uh, is, is troubling at, at a time when when there's such great competition for consumer dollars, and at a time when if anybody did uh, offer better prices, we'd all be beating a path to their door, the fact that that's not happening in any sort of visible way does raise legitimate questions. Dipika Demerla, Mississauga City Councilor, has joined us as well, and uh, I'm looking at my Instagram account here, Dipika, and I'm thinking, I think they've already cut off some of my news feeds. Uh, that was what Meta had uh, threatened with Facebook and and Instagram. Um, what do you think is going to happen with all of that? So, you know, this is, uh, you know, the, the two the two key issues here that we can deny is that social media platforms are way too much power and that legacy media is struggling. And the truth is, and I think we've talked about this in the past, is uh, we need a strong um, media presence. It's the fourth pillar of democracy. So, you know, that's a non-negotiable. The question is whether this 
this particular method is going to be effective in fixing this imbalance. And so it's it's very early days, Jerry, because I think that right now it's a lot of posturing. So the government saying, yeah, we're strong. And, you know, Meta and Google say, yeah, 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 we're strong and we're going to block. So this is a lot of posturing going on. I think there's going to be some negotiations. We've seen that happen on Austra- in Australia. So Australia, as we know, did a very similar legislation. I think we've copied them to some extent. And uh, Meta and Google did negotiate uh, with the, uh, you know, the more traditional media to pay them for posting these links. So we do see what happened in Australia. We also know that the Australian case wasn't a win-win for everyone because what Meta did and what Google did was they only made deals with certain news organizations. So for example, just I'm pulling this out of thin air, what if Google and Meta were to say, okay, we'll pay the Toronto Star, but we won't pay, say, the National Post. So then they're picking winners and losers. So, yeah. so there's that to worry about as well. So very early days, very interesting. Something has to be done to fix this imbalance. Uh, let's see how, where this goes. Well, I'm going to be watching Yeah, this. Anthony, I talked to an expert on this, Dr. Michael Geist from the University of Ottawa earlier this morning, and he acknowledged the, the media outlets have a problem. You've worked in media. Uh, you were with the Toronto Sun. You were with Sun News Television. Um, and he said the problem is not what everybody's focusing on. The problem is the bill is bad. The Canadian government has not put together an effective solution. Yeah, I think one of the challenges here is that uh, Meta was basically told, look, you're going to have to pony up untold millions of dollars uh, to companies for this. So they ran the numbers and they decided that this was a cheaper option for them. Ultimately, what we're talking about here is news media posts links to their articles on their own pages. And then also consumers say, oh, hey, here's this article I read, CBC or whatnot. I'd like to share it. And the government's saying that now Meta has to pay for the fact that people are just choosing to post these CBC or whatever articles on their pages, they're saying, well, we don't want to pay that anymore. And and it's really that simple. The numbers just aren't working for them. So I I think there's a a major challenge when it comes to what's in the details of this bill. Do you have a solution for this? Can you just solve this for us, Bob? No, (laughs) I I, I really can't. And I I actually see, I actually see Meta's side of things because they, they, they write, they say, look, when, when news organizations post their content voluntarily to try and promote their newspaper, their TV show, whatever it is, uh, that's not on us. You know, that we, we, we shouldn't be held responsible for uh, others voluntarily sharing uh, their own content and then be expected to pay for it. So it really is it really is a sticky issue. All right. Now, as the Canadian population continues to age, this from a CTV report, and the number of retirees rises, recent research from Stats Canada has found that many workers would delay retirement if given the opportunity to reduce their working hours and alleviate workplace stress. So um, that's an interesting thing. Dipika, I don't know how easy it is for corporations to say, okay, uh, we'll, we'll put some workers on, on part-time. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, about no. it? Well, you know what? My first thought was 
to be honest, I was like, do, do I need a stat scan report to know that people would work longer if they could have flexibility, <laughs> if the work was more interesting, the work was less stressful, and also I think they talked about a pay raise. So I think, I mean, that's somewhat self-evident. Yeah, I mean, you know, but you're right. I mean, corporations are going to do what's good for them. And the fact is, uh, you know, as long as they can get someone else who's willing to work full-time to do that job or for less, then maybe they don't want to pay someone more to not retire or so it's really market dynamics right i mean is it is it worthwhile for a corporation to go the extra mile to accommodate someone with more experience who uh, might work longer if things were a little bit better. Well, it, it, yeah, uh, sorry, yeah. I think, Bob, that it might be because there's still value in all that uh, experience and uh, knowledge that the older worker has that maybe that person can still be valuable to you two, three days a week. Sure, there is, and and there's there's value in it for uh, for the worker as well. Uh, anecdotally, I can think of many seniors in my life who, um, when when they retired, then ended up taking something on, whether it was a volunteer role or a, a small part time role somewhere, just so they could not be working full time, not continue to work full time, not by any stretch, but to have something to do, to have something a, a couple of days a week or even a day or two a day a week. Uh, that, that gave them a place to go and 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 the fulfillment that comes from from having a job having a function so i'm not surprised by the findings uh, of, of this study at all yeah jerry look i think in this situation it's like the post-covid dynamics where workers feel like they have a lot more leverage and whether we see that in young workers just entering the workforce people mid-career or people at the end of their career they're feeling like we got a taste of not having to do the daily grind of the commute we got a taste of working from home and being able to go and do the laundry or do the dishes in the middle of the day saving those sort of uh, time allotments there and now people i think feel and, and this poll response shows this that they can they can negotiate Negotiate things that are more flexible for them moving forward. There's, there's still a lingering hangover of that, that that pandemic work structure. Yeah, and of course it all depends on your occupation. It's easier right. to do in some places than others. Yeah. And and Dipika, this may be another thing that some of us didn't need a study on, but uh, here's another study that shows that the top 20% of income earners fund the majority of Ottawa's income tax revenue. I knew that. Uh, maybe people who pay attention to this knew that. But we still have a lot of people, Dipika DiMerlo, who say the rich are not paying their fair share. I think they overpay. I'm going to disagree with you on that. And the reason is, you know, when I when I read the report, it says that on average, the rich are paying 16% more than their share, right? But that's the whole idea of progressive taxation, that the rich pay more than their share to fund social services. But the real kicker is, yeah, so they pay 16% more than their share, but the average C-suite person is making 180 times the salary of an average worker. So I think the rich are not doing too badly. You're making 180 times what an average worker makes, and now you're paying 16% more than your share, you're doing okay. Okay, but Anthony, uh, when you talk about the richest of the rich, that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about the top 20% of income earners. Some of those people, by the way, work for the government. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of upper middle class people in that category. I'm really worried about capital flight, Jerry, where there are people who look at the situation in, in the cities in Canada, they look at the urban decay they're seeing, and they go, I don't think it's appealing to be here anymore for me, and I'm making a lot of money. I'm being taxed even more now, so I'm just getting out of Dodge. I'm no longer hanging out 
out in this city. I'm no longer living in Canada. So we can actually get greedy as policymakers and say, I want more, I want more. And then eventually that taxpayer says, well, you know what? You're just getting zero because I'm leaving. So we have to be very careful there because to your point, this fair share thing, well, they're kind of paying their fair share. The question is how much more do you want to try and push it? Well, and Bob, how do you define what's somebody's fair share? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I think Anthony's right on that, that there is there is a risk of, of people when uh, when the screws get tightened on them too much that they they, they will they will opt for greener pastures because they can. They, they've got options. Um, but uh, Dipik is also right that what, what this shows is that we, you know, this is how a progressive uh, tax system works. You, you have, you have so, many, um, uh, so many benefits for lower income people, uh, uh, parents with children, all of those factors when they, when they come into play. Uh, that results in, yeah, the, the 20% wealthiest paying, uh, paying the bulk of the Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, I've, I've had people say to me, oh, yeah, that's just a story that they'll move. They won't move. They don't have to move. They can move their money. Uh, and yeah, and that's what some of the people are doing. But thanks to Anthony Fury, Bob Reed and Dipika Demerla.